This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. It's Bartender Journey Podcast number 86. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thank you for tuning in. Well, as I said on the show recently, I took on a job as a food and beverage director, and it's been taking up a lot of my time. So I think uh, uh, we're going to call this an every other week podcast for now, and uh, hopefully I'll get to more than that. But in that case, it'll be a bonus, right? This week, I have a very cool interview with my new buddy, Chris Tunstall, and uh, here we go. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Oh, good, Brian. How, how are you, man? Very good, very good. Thanks for coming on the show. Ah, uh, thanks for the invitation. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, you're asking where I am. I'm, I'm about an hour north of Manhattan. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah. How about yourself? Uh, just about an hour, about 30 minutes outside of San Francisco. Cool. So San yeah. Francisco, pretty cool uh, cocktail scene there, huh? They, they do all right, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Same thing with Manhattan, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's lots to do. So tell us a little bit about how you got into this crazy business. I, I, I love this industry. I used to be a um, craps dealer in Vegas mm-hmm. a long time ago, and I just love the environment. And then um, when I moved out to Northern California, I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, and I always wanted to bartend. And once I got into it and once I started kind of getting more into the culture and in the drinks and, you know, reading about people like Dale DeGroff and stuff way back in, uh, I don't even remember when, but, uh, yeah, once I started reading about that, I knew this was going to be my calling after that. All right, cool. Well, we should, uh, introduce you, I guess. (laughs) Oh yeah. Chris Tunstall and, uh, he runs a blog called a bar above and a podcast called mixology talk, right? Right, yeah. So, uh, and now just launching Mixology Academy. So, uh, we'll take those things one at a time, maybe. You, sure. Yeah, you started with, uh, you started off with the blog, yeah? Yeah, we started um, doing a video blog about a little, about a year and a half ago now, it seems like. So, yeah, just basically focusing on craft bartending, you know, teaching a lot of techniques and, you know, experimenting with some of the things that, you know, that I come across just as, um, like a bar manager, a cocktail creator over the years and kind of answer some of the questions for, you know, everyone else as well. All right. Yeah. So we're pretty focused on industry. Um, you know, the, when we end our video, you know, we always say have a great shift and, you know, just kind of give that little recognition that, you know, we're all kind of family Yeah. and uh, just the handoff, you know, between shifts and stuff. So, um, you know, we're pretty dedicated to the bartending community. Cool. And uh, so what, what's your kind of position right now? Bar manager or, some, or uh, what? You know, actually, I just stepped away about three months ago to dedicate um, all of our energy to our websites and our collective uh, wow. um, entertainment stuff. So, yeah, we're me and my wife both uh, left our respective jobs in July and have been focused on kind of getting us out uh, up and running and, you know, building the brand essentially wow good for you that's uh, yeah. a big leap huh yeah it is and, uh, <laughs> yeah it's it's quite a quite a difference to be honest with you you know taking away all the social atmosphere of um bartending yeah, yeah, and yeah. putting all that into a computer this is quite different yeah different different but similar in a way i suppose <laughs> right exactly yeah <laughs> yeah but i'm sure you miss uh being in the, in the bar behind the bar yeah, it's 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 just contagious, and you know, after doing it for so long, it's just kind of part of my personality, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know how much you've been uh, following my 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 journey here, but uh, uh-huh. our our podcast is now uh, about a year and a half old, and uh, been through it's it's been it's been a journey. But uh, recently, I took on food and beverage director of a, of of 
a facility, you know, so I'm in charge of all, all the, everything from the bar to the restaurant and concessions and uh, all kinds of things. I'm the chef. Congratulations. Squad. Yeah, but uh, I, I had kind of the opposite thing, you know. I, I, I kind of um, for years I was away from the restaurant business, and then we got back into bartending, and then we started the podcast, which all kind of led to this. Uh, this, so uh, I had kind of the opposite thing. I had the, I had the podcast first, and then the, and then the job next. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, congratulations on both, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's yeah. it's been exciting. You know, it's been um, hectic, and uh, mm-hmm. you know everything from events. You know, last Saturday we did a bar mitzvah for 180 people, and then uh, when it was over, about 45 minutes later, we had a comedy night with. Uh, oh wow! And we had uh, about night. That was the first comedy night in about four months. So I had to get together a cocktail menu and kind of train the servers, but I just really didn't have enough time because of all these parties and then. Right. So, and then, and then, <laughs> sorry, I keep talking about myself. No, no. But uh, the very next morning, we had a party for the owner of this place. His mother's 80th birthday was oh, you know, wow. at one o'clock the next day. So after working 17 hours and sleeping about four, I went back and yeah. did that. <laughs> no, it's true, man. Especially like when you get into management, it's just you. There's never enough time in a day. It seems like you know. No, not at all. I like yeah. what you. I like what you said somewhere. Uh, on, I, I think it was on your blog that uh, Excel is going to be your best friend as a as a uh, bar manager. And that is it not? I mean, it's it's so powerful, and it, you just have to. It's a whole new skill set. You just have to get really comfortable with it. Yeah, I, I love it. I'm not comfortable with it, but I do love it. And uh, I don't think I comfortable with it either to be completely honest <laughs> I, I i just saw that you posted a, a a link to a video that i'm gonna watch about 40 minute video about excel i'm definitely gonna check that out oh yeah no absolutely it's it's a great resource and you know the more comfortable we get with it the easier it becomes and you know hopefully it can uh, help to let us be more productive in less amount of time so that's one of the beautiful things about excel in my opinion yeah Actually, I, I found it. There's plenty of templates online, you know, and I found what I thought was going to be perfect. Uh, it was it allowed you to put in uh, every bottle that you have in the bar and mm-hmm. how much you pay for it. And then that was one tab, you know, and then then you can start a new tab for each cocktail and put in how many ounces of each thing that you have. And it automatically figures it out. I was like, oh, this is awesome. It's so right. great. But then, uh, you know, there, I needed more lines than the template provided. And then so yeah. I inserted lines and somehow the formulas didn't follow. So I was really frustrated. <laughs> I was excited. Yeah. I was really excited. And then I was really frustrated. Yeah. One of those like uh, Excel uh, spreadsheets. I mean, if you just started comparing them with bar managers, you would be amazed <laughs> at some of the intricacies that are uh, involved with some of these spreadsheets. It's pretty, you can geek out on it. Like you can geek out on cocktails and booze for sure. Right, right, right. Well, uh, yeah, it, it's been fun. Uh, in this sort of area, um, just in only an hour north of Manhattan, there's mm-hmm. like you, you people don't know what a Negroni is, you know, <laughs> and that's uh, crazy. Which I, I happen to mix one up before uh, we we joined on this call. So oh, cheers, nice. Cheers to you. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> but uh, I went I went into a I went into a pretty upscale restaurant recently and asked for one. I sat at the bar. And uh, the first thing the bartender does is look at the menu because he doesn't know what it is, you know, the cocktail menu. Always so, a good time. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> then he pull, pulls out a highball glass. Uh-huh. And, You're just uh, like, uh-oh. Uh, yep, Maybe uh-oh. I should get a beer. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then uh, he, he adds one part of each, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, proceeds to shake it. Oh. I was like, oh, man. But it was a gigantic Negroni. 
I bet it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably about six bucks if you're outside of Manhattan. Yep. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think it was eight maybe. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but that's uh, you know that I'm I'm trying to slowly uh, introduce people to to more high end stuff. But I think you said somewhere in your blog, uh, you know, if you're trying to inst- institute a cocktail program, you know, you just can't do it all at once. Yeah, I mean, especially like. Um, one of the things I, I've seen a lot, um, you know, over the years, and I'm sure you probably have seen this as well, is, you know, once you become a bar manager, um, your first feeling, the first thing you want to do um, naturally is just kind of put your own, you know, personality on the cocktail menu and all this stuff mm. and change up some of the systems. But, um, you know, if it's a system that works, you might want to be careful on kind of what you change and what you don't. Right. Um, and just kind of figure out the, the environment first. Mm-hmm. And then look to ch- start making the changes that are the most important. But I've seen a couple of managers come in and just they'll gut an entire menu. And then next thing you know, you know, the entire bar programs in mayhem, you know, yeah. it just it can get pretty messy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of got there and there was this dusty old cocktail menu that nobody looked at and had, you know, stuff like mango rum and things like that on it. And I, I was just not, you know, I'm like, OK, let's. Well, let's keep that uh, on that shelf over there where nobody sees it, and then we'll right. we'll slowly try to evolve a little bit. But uh, right. you know, it, it it's one thing to to educate your staff; it's another to educate your customers. You know, your that's guests. a hard thing to do for sure, especially if they're used to something. You know, if, if they're used to a certain way and stuff, it, it can be challenging for sure. If they just don't have a clue of, you know, right. uh, I mean, nothing against anybody, but. You know, you have they they resist what they don't understand. I guess is the no, best way it's to true. Put it, you know, no, it's absolutely true, and especially if they're used to you know having cocktails with sweet and sour mix in it, and yeah. you know, not fresh juice. It could be it could be a big step for a lot of people for sure. Yeah, yeah. What I've been doing is making our own. You know, <clears throat> so at least it's something that they recognize, but nice. Um, it tastes much better. You know. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, that that bar mitzvah I mentioned, we. Uh, we made a specialty specialty cocktail for it, and uh, it worked out great. There was a, it was a tab bar, you know, and and uh, mm-hmm. at eleven bucks each, we we increased the bottom line of that party quite a bit with that cocktail. Oh, know? I believe that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. Very cool. So uh, you have uh, we talked about the blog, and then you have the uh, podcast as well. Yeah, we recently launched the podcast. Um, I think it was right before like literally right before tales um within like a week or two and uh, i saw that you were at tales too yeah um, unfortunately we, i wish i would have known i would have loved <laughs> to meet up with you i know same here yeah um but yeah we la- launched right before tales of the cocktails so i guess that was what june or july july uh-huh. yeah july and um we've been doing a weekly podcast ever since my wife and i um both host it and um you know it's it's a lot of fun it's really lighthearted. And, uh, you know, we, we just try and have fun and not take it too seriously. Cause I think that sometimes in this industry, um, people can take, you know, what we do a little bit too seriously sure. and forget that it's about the customer and the experience and all that stuff. So, you know, we're trying to have some fun and, you know, kind of lighten up the mood a little bit. Yeah. Cool. And she's sort of a cocktail consumer, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we have very different, um, backgrounds. Um, so, you know, I've been in the industry for quite a while and she actually comes from, um, um, corporate. So she worked okay. for a large pharmaceutical company doing a lot of data uh, gathering okay. for, you know, how much money they spend on the entertaining adopters and stuff nationwide. So she's very data oriented and 
Um, she speaks Excel like a second language, like a fluent uh, second language. It's pretty impressive, honestly. <laughs> cool. So yeah, that's, um, you know, she brings kind of a more, you know, enthusiast or consumer perspective where I bring a lot more of a bartender perspective to, to the podcast. And it's a nice kind of balance, you know? All right. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll email you this, uh, spreadsheet I was talking about and she can take a look at it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, no cause I, I know you'd be interested to see it as well, you know, and oh, definitely. Uh, I, I'm not sure what went wrong when I started adding additional cells, but it's yeah. a, a really cool, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know what the legality, it was, it was on one, two, three spreadsheets, which is a uh-huh. free, you know, I downloaded it for free. I, I wouldn't want to sort of take it upon myself to redistribute it to people. I don't know what the legalities of that are, but anybody listening, uh, if you go to one, two, three spreadsheets.com and you search for or uh, I think it was Cocktail Calculator was the name of it. Uh, it's a it's a really cool little spreadsheet there. Amazing. Nice. Yeah. Uh, just if somebody could help me <laughs> figure out what, what I, <laughs> how I messed it up. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure some, there's probably quite a few listeners that are uh, listening right yes. now that have some pretty amazing spreadsheets they might be able to give you a little sneak peek into. Yes. Remember, my email is vince.bartender at gmail.com. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So, uh, and you have something new, the Mixology Academy, yeah? Yeah, so this has been kind of the something I've been gathering information for for years. And it, it's like when I first started like creating cocktails and being in charge of bar programs a lot of, you know, many, many years ago, um, this is always one of the biggest frustrations that I had, you know, when I first started off, understanding kind of the ingredients in cocktails, how they kind of mesh together. And with the um, kind of focus of creating a better cocktail with more flavor at the end of the day. So it's a pretty intense course. It's um, I think there was 15 different modules between the two different courses. Okay. And it's uh, it's pretty intense. So we go, you know, really deep into every kind of facet of cocktail creation. So our very first uh, module or chapter is all on souring ingredients. So we outline all the basic stuff, you know, that we use behind the bars on a day-to-day basis, so like lemon, lime, pineapple, orange, and all that stuff. And then we go into pretty deep detail on each one, you know, like what's the pH level of each one of these, how to wow. use them in cocktails. And then we look at all the other options as far as different varietals go that are kind of common or less common in the bar world. So like kefir lime, rancor lime, uh, sweet lime, Meyer lemons. And I mean, we just get as many different varietals as we can gather information from test the pH as well. Is the, and then the kind pH of can, goes to uh, the acidity level. Is that right? Right. Exactly. So like the lower the pH on the zero to seven spectrum. So if it's like a 1.8, it's more acidic than something that's like a 2.5. So it'll have the a lower, lot more, the lower the number, the more acidic. Right. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, um, and then we put kind of a comparison between the pH levels and kind of compare all those other varietals to the main um, citruses that we use and give some overall taste, um, tasting notes on each one. And then, I mean, we do that for all of the other uh, modules as well. Um, and we also go into like um, soda fountain uh, acids, mm-hmm. like cool. acid phosphate and citric acid, malic acid kind of describe how to use them in cocktails and also the same kind of thing, like what's it taste like, what's it contributing to the cocktail, what's the pH and, you know, how do you use it differently, you know, from citrus in cocktails and stuff like that. So there's a lot of content um, within the course and um, I haven't come across anything um, like it before. So this has been the dream. And this is one of the reasons I started um, a bar above, you know, a couple of years ago. So just 
to be able to produce this kind of content for people and hopefully make our lives easier, you know, and uh, really elevate our entire industry a little bit, uh, hopefully. Wow. Well, let's see. I have several questions on what you just said. So, Please <laughs> go all, ahead. Yeah. Acid phosphate. I've heard that. Uh, I've heard of that before and it relates to soda. It's, it's an ingredient of soda. Is that correct? Right. So it's back in, um, so the soda fountain movements during prohibition. So, um, a lot of the bartenders were looking for jobs once prohibition hit and many of them migrated into the soda fountain movement and it became a really popular, um, thing during prohibition. And so they used a lot of different acids, like I call them refined acids because they're actual like powders or no, um, they isolate the one acid and then you can use it, um, to kind of brighten up a cocktail and you won't have the flavor of citrus. So like lemon and lime will have kind of a flavor. Um, citric acid will have a little bit of that tart, like sour patchy flavor to it. Um, but there's a couple other ones too that are fairly neutral. So all it does is balance it out sugar, but it doesn't have a lot of flavor to cover up some of the other things. So like with, um, I made a citric acid, uh, lemon drop, um, for one of the videos we did a long time ago. And the interesting thing about it is it definitely kind of helped to balance out this sweet, like normal, regular lemon juice would do, but it didn't have any flavor. So it didn't cover up the alcohol. So you actually notice the alcohol substantially more, um, than with a regular lemon drop, the same proportions, the same kind of, you know, strength of acid and sweet and stuff, but the alcohol tasted like a martini instead of like a cocktail. Hmm. Is yeah, that, it was really interesting. There's a guy named uh, Darcy O'Neill I know who's into that. Do you know? Do you know of him? Yeah, and that's where I got a, most of the information from. It's just you know, he's doing some really fun stuff as far as um, you know the soda movement. He actually wrote the book uh, mm-hmm. "Fix the Pumps," and it's a fantastic book. What's it and, called? Uh, I believe it's called "Fixing the Pumps." Okay, and it's all about the soda movement, and it's actually started to gain a little bit of traction in the cocktail community as well. I know. Uh, New York has a kind of a soda, you know, fountain bar, and I know San Francisco has one as well. So it's definitely fun to play with, you know, some of these things and, you know, see how they kind of apply to cocktail creation stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw him at, at the nightclub and bar show in Las Vegas a couple of years ago. Uh, oh, that must have been a good time. Yeah, he was he was uh, doing a seminar, and uh, Gary Regan was one of the other presenters. And, nice. Uh, I think it was called stepping out from behind the bar. It was about um, sort of what you're doing, you know, <laughs> bartenders mm-hmm. who bartenders who are uh, looking for other avenues for of, of revenue to kind of stay involved in the business, but also you know not be working until four in the morning every night. <laughs> right. No, it's true. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, but it can be very very difficult too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So your um, the the modules you were talking about that uh, is it printed material as long as well as uh, video. Yeah, or? so it's um, a little bit of everything. So yeah, we do a lot of videos. I want to say there's, oh, between the two courses, there's over 50 videos, hmm. um, like three hours worth of video. And um, there's text, we have homework. So that way it kind of bridges the gap between reading about something and finding information online and actually doing it. Right. So it's really fun homework and uh, it involves alcohol. So it's not a bad yeah. thing, yeah. <laughs> but it, it kind of gives I you think that. My homework in high school was kind of similar. <laughs> I know, right? I think most of ours was. <laughs> um, definitely but yeah, it gives definitely you college. Home. Right. Oh, absolutely. I think it was a prerequisite. <laughs> Uh, but it gives you that confidence to, you know, begin to explore different, you know, different kind of recipes and come up with your own. So it really focuses on giving you the theory of cocktail creation and kind of how it applies to, 
you know, um, make really fantastic drinks. So, and hopefully kind of cut down on the amount of education and time it takes to do it. Very good. Very good. Um, well, I wanted to talk about vermouth because you have very similar, um, uh, views on it. Oh <laughs> yeah. You, you said one you said somewhere, if you see the bottle of vermouth on the back bar, all dusty, order a beer, right? Right. No, it's true. No, it's, it has to be refrigerated. Why doesn't anybody get it? Yeah. And it's funny, like, um, I don't know if you've got a lot of, um, people kind of commenting, but one of the things I find fascinating is, um, somebody actually said vermouth, you should actually do the, the nitrogen gas on, you know, like oh. they do for wine as a preservative. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, because even the refrigeration will ch- alter the, uh, the taste of it. Yeah, and no, I found I that really that. interesting. I was like, "Oh, hmm, fascinating." Of course, why wouldn't it? I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. So they just, you know, you, you kind of pick up a little bit of information here and there from from other people. It's really, really a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I wish I could get like 375 milliliter bottles of it from my distributor, but I can't. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I, that's what I buy for home. You know, mm-hmm. so because because the point is, anybody doesn't know what we're talking about. It it doesn't last forever, and it and it starts to turn as soon as you open it. You know, and that's the that's the reason people find vermouth so they're turned off to it because it's bad and it doesn't last long as it should. You know, it doesn't last long. People don't take care of it properly, so it tastes terrible, and people don't want much in their drink because it tastes terrible. It's true. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a vicious true. circle. Yeah, I think I read somewhere online, uh, like at Tale of the Cocktail, somebody did a seminar uh, about vermouth, mm-hmm. and they had two different vermouths, the, a fresh ball of vermouth that's always been, you know, in a refrigerator, never opened and stuff, and they made a cocktail with it, and then they had one they left out in the sun for like six months, like just <laughs> living hell out of this thing, opened it up, let it oxidize, mm-hmm. and they did a side-by-side taste on it, and most of the people in the room chose the really oxidized no. old sun because that's what people are used to having holy cow i know how how crazy is that <laughs> but you know if, if you don't have anything different you'll never know kind of the difference between them you know well i was i was at the manhattan Co- cocktail classic um i guess it's about a year and a half ago now and uh, uh-huh. met um a gentleman who's in who uh is the proprietor of via vermouth have you heard of that oh yeah mm-hmm. and uh what an awesome dude! He's he was on he was on our podcast. You can go back and find it. And uh, what an awesome dude! And he 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 made me all these all these cocktails like the best Manhattan I ever had up to that point. He made uh-huh. for me, and uh, he actually he was like, "Oh, do you like it? You know, here here's a bottle. Take it home. I brought too much with me. You know, he, he didn't want to bring it all back to California with him. So he he gave me like a bottle of, of, of the sweet of the." Um, Sweet and the dry, the whisper dry. He gave me like three or four bottles to take home. It was amazing. Oh, nice! And I, you know, from that from that moment on, I never looked at vermouth the same way. I never looked back. You know, mm-hmm. and it's it, it's ama- it's an amazing thing. You know, I five years ago, I didn't understand vermouth at all. I didn't drink it. I didn't want it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was one of those people who would, who would drink, you know, a martini with a drop of vermouth. You know, right? And, yeah. Uh, you know, now I'm turned around. I understand it. <laughs> yeah. And- it's yeah, it's just about getting your hands on really good product. You know, I think um, when I was going, you know, when I first started, tequila was that way for a lot of people. Yes, you know, people just they didn't understand it. It was so different and so foreign. And all of a sudden, you see this rise in really fantastic tequilas hitting the market. Yes, and you know, people really started gravitating towards it once they understand kind of the quality that's happening. You know, with, yep. with some of these brands and stuff. So it's yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Well, yeah. Remember, uh, you know, ten years ago, that big brand that 
is very popular, which I won't mention by name. Everybody thought that was the best tequila there was in the world, you know? Yeah. No, I think we <laughs> both know which one that one is. And uh, now we know that it's, you know, colored with caramel and artificial stuff, and it's it's not real. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's it just, you know, we've come a long way as like a, a, like a beverage industry, and, you know, there's, there's some fantastic products out there that are coming out every single day. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about uh, Tales of the Cocktail for a little bit. What, what was your was this your first time, or uh, had you been before? You know, uh, we actually went for the first time um, the year before, okay. and uh, you know, it was one of those things that I just knew I had to do, and I've heard about it, and I've always, you know, Facebook is just gets cluttered with images from Tales of the Cocktail that whole week. Yeah. So it's kind of like, all right, I need to do this. So we uh, we went, I think, for the first time in 2013, mm-hmm. and it, we too. just had. Me too. <laughs> oh yeah, nice. But we just had such a great time. You know, I was kind of nervous and I was expecting, um, my expectation was very different from the reality of it. And mm-hmm. it, I found it really, really nice. You know, Sounds I was amazing. expecting a lot of handlebars and a lot of attitude, no. but it wasn't like that. It was a lot of really fantastic bartenders just coming together, you know, and just, we all do the same thing. You know, we're all one big family and we can all relate to, you know, working on a Friday night and breaking a glass in our well and just, you know, feeling the world ending at that moment. <laughs> you know, these are all, we all kind of do the same thing. So it's really, really nice to see that for sure. Yeah. Well, I went, like I said, I went for the first time in 2013 as well. And, uh, I had to, I had to leave on Friday cause I had the bartender on Saturday and, uh-huh. uh, I was sitting, sitting on the tarmac and I tweeted, Tales of the Cocktails, uh, part of my life now. I can't even imagine not coming back next year. I, I'm totally with you. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, I think we bought tickets like the day they came out. <laughs> yeah, well, I um, yeah, I made a deal actually with Tales of the Cocktail to produce some audio content for their um, Tales 365 program. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, um, yeah, people that people that join up will uh will get what i'm calling tales of tales podcast and uh it'll be one one a month for uh for 12 months oh nice congratulations man yeah well yeah and then um ann tunerman you know who heads up tales of cocktail she set me up with you know anybody you want to interview just let me know so i i had breakfast with dale degroff i interviewed david wondridge uh i went in and met jim meehan at at pdt actually i I went i i I just had so much to do that week i i emailed jim and said would you mind if i came in to pdt and met you uh one afternoon you know in new york before before tail starts because it's just there's just so much to do yeah so yeah it was uh yeah an amazing experience yeah the all-star cast right there man Oh yeah, and I don't know if you got a chance to see to listen to the podcast with uh, Deshaun, but that was that was a cool one too that I met. Uh, I met him down at Tails. Nice. I saw it on your uh, on your website. I was definitely uh, I'm definitely gonna listen to that one. Yeah, what a, what an amazing guy he is. Yeah, for sure. And what how cool is that to get the uh, what do they call them the duo events at the uh, Tales of the Cocktail? Where guys like Deshaun or uh, Jimmy Han or 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 David Wondridge will actually physically make you a drink. That that did you go to any That's of those? Cool. I didn't go to that one. No, I think uh, yeah, well, I can't remember all the events we went to uh, during Tales, but I think we missed that one unfortunately. Well, it, they're they're very you know there's two or three of them every day. So next time you got to <laughs> seek those out because they're amazing. You know, nice to have you know to have Jimmy Han actually actually make you a drink. I mean, if you go to PDT. There's not much chance that he's 
going to be the one actually making you the drink, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but in this case, for like an hour and a half or two hours during one night, he, he you know, he will. And That's cool. Uh, and uh, same with Deshaun and and – I, I, we tried to get into the David Wondridge one, but it was so packed full, we, we couldn't even get in. But we nice. uh, we went back at, at, at the time when I, when I knew he'd be walking out, so we kind of intercepted him. And uh, what what an awesome guy he is! He signed my he signed my book. I, it was so cool. And then I that's I, cool. And then I interviewed him for this Tales of Tales um, thing over the phone after that, just because we, we couldn't find time during Tales in New Orleans to actually do it. So. It's so crazy, man. Like, yeah, I, we went last year and we tried to meet up with a couple of people and it just, the minute you get there, it just, time just moves so fast. It's crazy. It's amazing. You know, there's three things going on at all the time that you want to do. <laughs> so you have, yeah. to, you have to, you have to pick which one you're going to actually do. Yeah. It's pretty, it's, it's a hard choice too. <laughs> it's so hard. Well, you mentioned a couple that you went to. I was like, man, I'm so sorry. I missed that. The absolute party I missed. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it looked very cool. <laughs> and the uh, chartreuse thing I totally missed. Yeah, I think that one was really limited. There was, I think, literally 12 spots available, and I think I got the last ticket. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it sold out so fast. I bet. Um, but it was a, a fantastic um, experience. And um, the focus of that seminar was about vintage, like old chartreuse, because chartreuse is one of those spirits that will actually get better in the bottle. Yeah, I, I think it's – isn't it the only one that's considered that gets better in the bottle? I, I think so. I haven't run across any other uh, spirit that does that. But, yeah, it's it's really interesting to see. And um, he brought up a, a bunch of different examples of, you know, stuff from like the 60s. And, like, the color's falling out. It looks almost see-through. It's crazy. But, you know, the flavor definitely changes. And um, it was just fascinating to hear the story because it's one of my favorite brands, um, you know, that I've – ever been exposed to and you know the history behind that is just absolutely fascinating and you know it's a great product and it's so different than anything else i've ever tried really that's something i really don't know much about and, yeah, it's, uh, oh, uh, yeah it's like nectar of the gods to me <laughs> <laughs> i will have to uh i'll have to explore that more thoroughly yeah. <laughs> but at 55 percent alcohol be careful because that'll it'll bite you a little bit yeah okay Okay. Uh, so well let's wrap it up maybe uh if you have any uh advice for for bartenders maybe for maybe two-part question for uh existing bartenders and people trying to break into the bartending game yeah so for like people that are trying to break into the bartending game um you know i i just recommend going in there introducing yourself and just you know be real if this is something that you want to be really that you're passionate about and you want to get into the business let them know that. Let them know that, you know, um, you're willing to do anything to start at any position. And that's kind of how I got my start is, um, you know, just said, look, I have no experience, but, you know, I'm here to work. I would love to learn the craft. And um, in six months, you know, if everything works out, you know, I'd love to be your bartender. And, um, you know, just be, be honest about what it is, because the minute I'm sure you've seen this, the minute, you know, somebody that doesn't have a lot of experience steps behind the bar you know immediately. Oh, yeah. You know, the minute they grab a glass, the minute they start looking around, you know, you're just like, all right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they just say, look, I don't have a lot of experience, then right. you already know that. Right. And you can trust that person at that point. So, right. and, you know, trust is a big thing in this industry, in my opinion. You know, if, if you say you're going to do something, you know, do your best to try and do it yeah. and, uh, and all that. Um, 
And yeah, the other thing is, you know, this for people that are just getting started and moving, you know, turning this into a career is remember, this is a small industry. You know, people, it's a really small group of people and everybody knows everybody. So do your best, you know, meet it, meet everybody you can be social, help people out when they need it. And, you know, just have fun. You know, we're here to have a good time. We get to host a party every night. How cool is that? Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, that's, uh, it's easy to lose sight of that, you know, but that, that's what it's all about. Truly. Yeah, no, absolutely agree. Yeah. Especially when you're, uh, you know, when you're looking at the numbers all day long, like me, and then the, you know, the boss is asking about those numbers and <laughs> it's true. The, the, yeah. owner, the owner, the owner I work for now, he's a super nice guy. You know, uh-huh. I, I would, I would hang out with him anytime, you know, but, uh, you know, he's very into the numbers, you know, and as, as he right. should be as an owner, you know? Yeah. So, and yeah. you know, he'll ask you, you know, what does that cost to make? And you, you know, I need to know it on the, off the top of my, you know, off the top of my head. Right. So it's uh, and it's not not just drinks, you know. I'm talking about everything from dinners and <laughs> ice cream and everything else. So, <laughs> but it's it's fun. It's exciting, and it's great because you know it really um, builds you know your ability to run a successful business too. Right, and that's the thing. You know, once you become a bar manager and you're in charge of a program, you know your your focus is the business, the business side of a bar, and I think that's uh, one of the things that's a it's a hard stepping stone. You know, you have a lot of like experience as a bartender, you know, focus on making fantastic drinks and making people happy. Mm-hmm. But once you go from bartender to manager, yeah. your your focus changes 180 you know degrees. It's yeah. <laughs> it's all about the business at that point and making sure that the bartenders that are working with you can come to work every day and feed their families and you know have the fun that they want to have, but still run a successful business. Yep. Yep. And uh, and manage manage the drama of the employees. <laughs> <laughs> There's always drama, <laughs> especially for those bartenders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, Chris, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. It was great to uh, meet you virtually. Yeah, you as well, man. And uh, we'll meet up for a drink maybe at Tales of Cocktail next year. Fantastic. I'm definitely uh, looking forward to that. Great. Hey, thanks, thanks again, Chris. Appreciate it. Uh, of course. Yeah. Thanks, Ray. All right. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad Ozil uh, introduced us. Yeah, me too. He's a great guy. I, I've known, or I've been talking to him online for probably about a year now, and he's just—it uh, seems like he's doing really well. His brand's taken off, and yeah, he's just a—he's a positive influence, and it's always a good thing. Yeah, yeah, he's an—he's an awesome dude. Cool. Well, um, so I was going to ask you if you would be interested in doing our podcast in the future. Oh, sure. Cool. Um, I know you're a busy guy, so I'll shoot a, you a couple of days. Yeah. Uh, dates in the future and uh or, yeah i generally you know, take off mondays and tuesdays mondays and tuesdays yeah. yeah so uh that would be best for me this 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 time of day on a monday or a tuesday cool awesome yeah i'll uh, shoot you out a couple dates and uh, let us know whatever works thank you so much for uh for doing this man it's a great time talking to you same here man cool awesome man all right we'll uh, talk to you later cheers Well, there you go. That was a great conversation with Chris. And be sure to check out all his stuff, his website, abarabove.com. And he has a podcast. Is it a uh, competitor to me? No, I don't think so. Not at all. Check it out. You can listen to both. It's Mixology Talk Podcast on iTunes. And uh, I suppose he's on Stitcher Radio as well. Uh, I don't know that for sure, but 
check out his if you go to abarabove.com you can check out his mixology academy and uh that sounds like a great course i'm going to dive in and check it out myself so thanks again for listening please remember to check us out on our website it's bartenderjourney.net and um facebook too we're uh just search for bartender journey and like us i'm on twitter at barkeep tips and email Vince.bartender at gmail.com. Well, we'll see you in two weeks and uh, can't wait to talk to you then. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>